0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Ed Burtzall, no Adam, no Jake. Of course, this is Tuesday, this is the Waiver Show. So welcome to the Waiver Show, welcome back to the Waiver Show. Uh, We haven't done this in in a year, you know, we we didn't do it last year. And by popular demand, the Waiver Show has returned. So uh, what we're going to be doing today, of course, is we're going to be going over Uh, Some of the biggest waiver ads of the week, some of the most important waiver ads of the week. We'll also be looking at some good streaming options for this week if you find yourself in a bit of a bind and you don't get who you want on uh, your waiver wires. Good luck, of course, to everyone who is uh, going to be submitting waivers this week. Um, Everyone should be, especially if you're listening to this podcast, and I'll probably say that about 20 more times. Um, But one thing that we have to do – two things we have to do, actually, before we go – and get into waivers is, of course, we have to discuss Sunday and Monday night football. So let's just get right into it, and let's talk about Sunday night football, the Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Tampa looked fine. Uh, Tom Brady did not. He did not have his usual Tom Brady-esque kind of game. I know he hurt uh, some people. Uh, with the with his performance this week. I know he hurt me in a super flex. Uh, 18 for 27, 212 and touchdown. Also a pick in the game. It was a weird-ish sort of game. They were able to drive on Dallas pretty effectively, uh, but they had to settle for field goals. Just seemed like Tampa struggled a little bit on third down. But there's no panic with, with Brady. He'll be fine. Uh, continue to roll him as you normally would. Tough matchup, though, this week going to New Orleans, a place where Tom Brady... Uh, has struggled a little bit since he has been a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, The running backs, Leonard Fournette, was fantastic, over 100 yards on the ground for him, continue to roll him out for sure. Uh, Mike Evans, it it just seems like Mike Evans just finds a way to just quietly be one of the most underappreciated fantasy assets that we have uh, in the game today. He's just unbelievable, in what he was able to do against Trayvon Diggs. Who Trayvon Diggs is—he's is, no slouch of a corner. I don't want to—I don't want to get that, you know, confused. But on the touchdown, my goodness, my goodness, Mike Evans just absolutely cooked Trayvon Diggs. Had a very nice day, 571, and a touchdown for Mr. Evans. Continue to roll him out. Chris Godwin has a hamstring injury. The Buccaneers don't believe that the hamstring injury is serious, which is which is good news. Obviously, this is a game-by-game sort of situation. I would say Chris Godwin is definitely week-to-week here. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go. I would probably bet my money that Chris Godwin will not play versus New Orleans, and then you have to start looking, uh, well, when's the next opportunity that you could probably have uh, Chris Godwin, and the next opportunity would be at home versus Green Bay in, in week three. I think more of a realistic return could maybe be Sunday in week 4 when they host the Kansas City Chiefs in Tampa that i think could be the window that we're looking at with with Tampa and with Chris Godwin returning for the Buccaneers now with no Godwin obviously this gives a nice boost to the other receivers in this offense mainly Julio Jones and Russell Gage, Julio Jones, he was featured. He was definitely featured. He got plenty of looks from Tom Brady, and you have to be a little enthused by by what you saw if you are a Julio Jones manager. I would assume that anybody who drafted Julio Jones was probably drafting Julio as as a flyer in in, in late in drafts, or maybe he was someone that. In a 12 or 14 team league, you had to start given given some situations. I don't know if that's the case. Then woof, wow, and you managed to you managed to skate by. But Julio looked good. Julio looked he looked really good. He looked the part. And obviously, it's going to be a matter of can Julio Jones stay healthy? Can he continue to do what he's done throughout the main part of his career? You got to understand he's 33 years old father time's going to catch up quick and maybe it has with Julio but I think if they are using him in a very limited capacity then I think Julio will be fine. I just don't know what I'm willing to do in terms of going nuts in fab for Julio. I I genuinely do not know what I would do there. I think my best bet is maybe you go for I would probably say less than 5, 10. 10% is max of what I would be doing. Um, but 5% even, I think, is probably the number that I would probably be comfortable with if I am interested in going out and getting Julio Jones um, for my teams uh, this week. For the Cowboys, oof, 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 oof. obviously we have to talk about Dak Prescott who suffered a thumb injury. He is going to be out for the near and foreseeable future the reported timetable is six to eight weeks uh jerry jones said uh tuesday morning that there is the possibility that dak could come back within four and will not be placed on ir so maybe that's wishful thinking i don't know but we'll have to wait and see and in the meantime this obviously hurts anybody who who has any sort of dallas cowboys uh in their fantasy teams cd lamb dalton schultz ezekiel elliott tony pollard this is going to hurt for the foreseeable future and if we're saying it's a four-game window for dak that he misses he's going to be missing against cincinnati monday night against the giants against washington and then against the rams with a potential view for him to be back against the philadelphia eagles if we're keeping it at a realistic six to eight week window he could be back week eight versus the chicago bears or they are cautious about it And they hold him out until after their bye, and he comes back week ten versus the Green Bay Packers. So it stinks. It stinks. But I think with quarterbacks, it's again I've said it all offseason. It's very easy to replace quarterback. Um, And very interestingly enough, I do not have a share of Dak Prescott. So um, I don't really have a lot of shares of Dallas to be quite honest, which is which is weird coming from me. I know, but I don't really have a lot of shares of Dallas, so I'm, I'm I'm okay. Um, but I know there are a lot of managers out there that are, you know, kind of struggling, and hopefully, um, we'll be going through some waiver wire options that you can go and and pick up that that will hopefully be able to come in and, and help um, instead in of of Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. It, it just was it was just game script dependent. I think I I actually thought Zeke in the first half of the game looked pretty good. Um, it just really came down to game scripts. And, you know, once Dallas really fell behind, they just couldn't get anything going. The only team on Sunday that didn't score a touchdown. Um, so it, it's just a tough day at the office. And, and we said it all week that Zeke had to score in order to return value, and, and he didn't score, so he didn't return value. I think there will be better days ahead for, for Ezekiel Elliott. And you just got to pretty much rank him as an RB2 at this point. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, a, a quiet day at the office for him. I, I was pretty disappointed with uh the way that CD looked but it was really the rest of the offense just really could not get anything going 2 for 29 on 11 targets as well and, and had a couple drops uh, as well there were a couple that were right on the hands that that CD could not drag in uh really the only the only one that had a, a really I I thought a nice fantasy day was Dalton Schultz uh 7 catches for 62 yards uh he was really 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 solid and he managed to turn in tight end one production uh, for fantasy managers a tight end one for the week not the tight end one of course Um, he looked he looked good I mean this has been a guy that I was looking to target all over the place this is literally maybe my only share of Dallas maybe I have Zeke sprinkled in somewhere Um, but this is definitely one of my only invested shares of of Dallas and I'm hoping that Dalton Schultz is uh, is going to continue to uh, to pick it up uh, and continue to uh, continue to do some good work over the course of the next couple weeks but if you have Dalton Schultz and you know and you watch that Dallas offense uh, you're you're okay considering Dalton Schultz did not did not sink you at all he was not the reason why maybe you lost this week it was not because of Dalton Schultz. Monday night Broncos Seahawks and obviously we'll talk about what everyone wants to talk about in a little bit. We'll start with the Broncos Russell Wilson. Good, good. That's really what Russell Wilson was. It was just fine. Three forty and a touchdown. It's just a day another day at the office. It's fine. It's fine. Good day. Good day for Russell Wilson. He'll be a top fifteen option for me this week, uh, just because I, I don't know really what the ceiling is with him. Um, but has a good matchup against against Houston, mind you. Uh, Javante Williams looked good. Had the fumble at the one-yard line, same with Melvin Gordon, um, but they they were fine. Both of, the, both of them were fine. I thought really it was the 11 catches for Javante Williams. That was the, 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 the alarming, like, wow number, um, but continue to use him, continue to util- use him, continue to utilize him. He's going to be fine. He's going to be great for you as a top 15 option. I have him this week as a—do I have him as a top 10 play? I do have him as a top 10 play this week uh, against Houston, so— yeah, fire up, fire up your Javante Williams in uh, in in PPR. I do think he has a chance to fall into the end zone. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he he he's gonna be a pain. He's gonna be a pain, but I think in really deep leagues, um, on a very limited sample size, he'll be fine. 14 touches in the game, not bad, not bad. I I, I think that's pretty much what you're gonna get from Melvin Gordon. Somewhere in the range of of, of 12 to 15 touches, where. Uh, Javante Williams was at 19, so I think that's about right. I think I that's it's pretty much what I had projected coming into the season. So, I mean, in 14-team leagues, Melvin Gordon is a fine flex option, um, maybe even an RB2 if you went a zero RB sort of approach. For the receivers, for Denver, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy will start with Cortland Sutton. It was a weird game for the Denver receivers because it seemed like at the first quarter that well i know in the first quarter russell wilson wasn't targeting any receivers the receivers didn't have a single target in the first quarter from from russell wilson and and i know i said when i was watching the game the complete antithesis of what it was like in seattle where he was throwing a title lock and dk metcalf it just seemed like t- uh, russell wilson was going to the to the tight ends was going to all of his tight ends and just trying to uh to get that going. And, and it was a strange little approach, but I think anybody who had court and Sutton and Jerry Judy were a little bit panicking, but four for 72 for Sutton, not, not a great day, not a bad day. Um, by any means, uh, Jerry Judy uh, had, of course, the, the long touchdown uh, four for 102 and a touchdown. Nice. Just a, a nice, nice little game for, for, for Jerry Judy, 67 yard touchdown really was a uh, big time, big time help. For uh, Judy, the number that was actually a pretty surprise is that Jerry Judy has only had three red zone targets in his entire career. I I, I, I found that to be a little bit interesting. Um So maybe he'll have to rely on those on those long touchdowns to uh, to return a little bit of value for you. But he did it here. He did it here. It was a really really nice start for anybody who uh, who had Jerry Judy. Got you a nice little twenty points, you know, without without bonuses. So. Well done, well done for anybody who uh, who started Jerry Judy. Uh, you got a nice uh, little return there. Uh, Alberto Wegman. Um, eh, it was it was a quiet day at the office. They they were using a lot of, a lot of different tight ends, but uh, Alberto was he, he was he was okay. Five for thirty three, uh, eight point eight. When you're consider when you're considering the landscape of the tight end market, um, I think that's I think that's okay. You know, we weren't really starting him as a top twelve option anyway. Um, so if you're if you were starting him with the knowledge that he was a top Maybe 15 or 16 tight end, then I think I think you're you're okay and you're not gonna really uh, complain all that much. Uh, with Seattle, Geno Smith looked good, look looked really 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 good, looked composed. And I don't know if I'm gonna really want to trust him uh, against San Francisco, but he's definitely someone to keep a, keep an eye on in 14 team leagues and in super flex leagues. 12 and 10, he's not he's not close yet, but 14 super flex, he definitely is on the radar for sure. Uh, Rashad Penny, I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked real, real, real good. I thought he had really nice burst. Um, I'm gonna say you gotta continue. You gotta continue to start him. The only problem that I really have is this game went the complete opposite way that everybody thought it was going to go. So what happens when Seattle is not in a close game or not trying to protect the lead? Does Rashad Penny get the same sort of work? I don't really think he does. Um, but with Rashad Penny, he's fine. He's a flex-level play. Flex-level play, you start him, and continue to monitor uh, Kenneth Walker. Because if Kenneth Walker does come back, this might get a little bit more interesting. But as long as it's Rashad Penny and Travis Homer who got a little bit of a run last night, um, Rashad Penny is is definitely the guy that I would uh, be looking at for Seattle and starting as a as a flex level RB option. Uh the receivers, quiet night for for Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf. Lockett, uh relatively unimpressive, you know, really. Uh only caught three passes. It was not great. Only had four targets in the game. Hopefully you're gonna see a little bit of an uptick in that. But that this is what we were afraid of with Lockett, that with no Russell Wilson who really fed Lockett that anybody else was not going to give Lockett that same sort of love and attention. So definitely something to monitor as we uh, as we keep going here. But again, I also think this is this is a consequence of the game script. I think you know we're going to see games where Seattle is not winning or not keeping it close, and Tyler Lockett is going to have to be used. They're going to have to throw the ball more, and that will help Lockett. It just didn't work out that way this week, and Seattle managed to get the win. So obviously, you know, they won the football game. Congratulations to them. Um, but for fantasy managers, that Tyler Lockett in their lineups, that was uh, not exactly what you wanted to see. Uh, DK Metcalf, not bad. At uh, 10.6, again, I think a lot of the same as with Lockett, caught, caught all seven of his targets a little bit of the same that he just really wasn't it just wasn't in the in the cards to really be throwing like get crazy all over the park especially when you were you were winning the football game uh had the fumble as well so i mean if you were in non-ppr and you had the 36 yards then minus the two for the fumble he only finished 1.6 for you which really really stinks and then in, in full ppr of course he had 8.6 so definitely he did he did hurt you for sure um but really, there weren't really that many outstanding fantasy performances from this game. It really was Javante Williams, um, and Jerry Judy. Those were, those were the two that really it really stood out. The rest, you know, you're kind of left scratching your head or, or, or wondering uh, what comes out of this. But the decision at the end of the game with Nathaniel Hackett is, has got to be one of the worst coaching decisions that I've ever seen in in my life. And I'm a Cowboys fan. I have seen terrible coaching decisions in the past. I have seen Jason Garrett ice his own kicker. I have seen I've seen a lot. How you burn 30 seconds with a full timeouts, then kick what would be the second longest field goal in NFL history, and then when you miss it, then you start burning the timeouts, thinking that Seattle maybe is not going to know how to take a kneel down. It's, simple, it's, it's, it's egregious. It is egregious, and we talked about it with Brandon Staley at the end of the year, the way that he was using, the way that clock management was used. And I saw a tweet. I forget who it was from. So apologies if if I don't give the proper credit because I forget who posted it. But somebody said on Twitter that the coaches clearly did not play enough Madden in the offseason. And and first reaction, it's a funny take. But honestly... It's a really smart thing to do if you really think about it because you get to practice your clock management. You get to, you get to practice what you want to do and how you want to do things in a two-minute situation with a game on the line. And I was like, wow, that's actually a really, really good take to have. And Nathaniel Hackett, oh, my goodness, he just blew it. He blew it big time, and he's taking all sorts of heat today. And rightfully so, rightfully so. He, he deserves the heat. He deserves everything that's coming his way. You have Russell Wilson. You paid an exorbitant amount to go get Russell Wilson. And you just, you don't use him. You don't use him. And that to me is the most egregious part of it all. You should be living or dying with Russell Wilson when you've paid him that amount of money. Simple. It really, really, really is just as simple as that. And the fact that they just were like, Eh, okay, 64-yard field goal. Let's do it. You're not in Denver. You're not in Denver. So, just just absolutely egregious. And now we can uh, we can get done with Week One. Week One's in the bag, and we can get go on right now to uh, to Week Two and the waiver wire. And let's go into the quarterback position. What I'll be doing is I'll be giving a couple of good waiver wire ads that you can go and pick up. I have their roster available. Their roster stats here. And I'm going to keep it to under 50% owned. I think that's just the best way to kind of do it. Um, And if these guys are available in your leagues, I would recommend go picking them up. If they're not, there are also other options that I will list out at the end. These are just a few that I've uh, managed to pick up um, over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours. That's the thing with with fantasy is that you have quick time to – you have very little time, I should say, to uh, make your – to go and find information to then put out. Over the course of uh, of the, over the course of, of waivers and then putting your ranks together, it's it's a lot of hustle and bustle, people. You don't know what I go through. So, one of the options for this week that I am wanting to go ahead and go pick up, if I'm in a bind, if you lost Dak Prescott, if you're a little worried about Tom Brady, Matt Ryan at Jacksonville looked good against against Houston. Definitely did not uh, go and a foot wrong really uh completed 32 of 50 pass attempts in the game for 352 yards uh had a touchdown had an interception a very solid day for matt ryan very very solid day you have to like as well what he was doing with michael pittman he looked he made michael pittman look look fantastic he has that offensive line that really did keep him upright for the most part I'm liking the prospects of Matt Ryan going into the matchup versus Jacksonville, who just got carved up by Carson Wentz. I have Matt Ryan this week as a top 20 option. I have him as my QB 16 this week, which ironically enough is the amount of fantasy points that Matt Ryan had for for the week. I'm liking Matt Ryan a whole lot, and I think he could be a really, really nice stream for those that are struggling at the quarterback position, um, along with the guy who just carved up Jacksonville, Number my number two option for the week, Carson Wentz. Uh, going up to Detroit to take on the Lions, same sort of situation. Matt Ryan going up against Jacksonville got carved up. Carson Wentz against Detroit, who just got carved up by by Jalen Hurts and by A.J. Brown. Uh, there, I, I actually got a lot of questions this week about Terry McLaurin and what the deal is there. Um, the, the, the really simple, simple answer is Terry McLaurin was doubled the entire game and allowed guys like Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson to – have their moment to contribute, and they both did. I think what Washington showed is that there are more there are more cards they're able to play this year, and there's more, I guess, production is the word I'm looking for to go around in that offense. So it's not going to fall solely on Terry McLaurin. So teams can go ahead and double Terry McLaurin all they want. But you have Curtis Samuel, you have Jahan Dotson, you have Logan Thomas as well, and you have Antonio Gibson, who really, Antonio Gibson was a PPR machine, Uh, on Sunday continue to start him with supreme confidence until Brian Robinson gets back and then we can start to panic about uh what Antonio Gibson is is going to be like um but in the meantime I mean pick up Carson Wentz and start him against against Detroit uh Wentz again is a top 20 play for me my QB 17 this week going to uh going to Detroit And the number one my number one waiver wire ad of the week Jameis Winston going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home it, this isn't so much for me saying that I think that he's a worthwhile stream this week. I actually have Jameis lower than both Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. It's more for rest of season. This this is more, you know Jameis Winston is going to be the guy. You know Jameis Winston is in an offense where they're going to want to pass the ball a lot. He looked very, very fine against Atlanta. 23 of 34, 269, and two touchdowns. Finishes the QB 7 on the week. He's going to be very, very steady, very, very solid. Uh, we have yet to see, you know, if there's a Jameis Winston blow-up game that happens whilst he is a member of the New Orleans Saints, like he, like there were when he was a member of the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But he's a guy that I think, especially if you just if you just lost Dak, and this is going to be a common theme that I say with the quarterback position because that's that's the clear-cut replacement here, um, or the clear-cut guy that a lot of people are trying to cover for is what happens, what do you do if you have Dak? Jameis is the guy that I think I would be going and, and targeting as that guy that can cover for Dak Prescott. And let's just say he's... Let's just say Dak is out for four games. Jameis has Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, Seattle. Three of four are at home. That's really good. That's really good. I like that. I, I He'll be... He'll be a steady start. If he can give you that 269-2 most weeks, that's great. You will take that. And I, I'm also loving, loving that it looks like Michael Thomas could potentially be back and we'll be talking about one of his other targets um, on this episode as well. So uh, some honorable mentions that I do want to, uh, want to cover. Uh, Marcus Mariota against the Rams. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Because what have we talked about all offseason with Marcus Mariota? The rushing upside. That is what he brings to the table. Now, do I love the matchup against the Rams? No, I don't. Especially a pissed-off Rams team that just got absolutely destroyed by Buffalo. I don't love the matchup, but with the rushing ability that he possesses, is there a possibility that he scampers into the end zone and scores much like he did uh, in Week 1? Yes. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So if you have the opportunity to go pick up Marcus Mariota, especially in a Superflex, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for the idea. Uh, Jared Goff, I like it as well, especially if you are uh, in, a, in a bit of a bind uh, against Washington at home. Fine. That's fine by me. And Daniel Jones against Carolina at home. Not a bad streaming option as well. So let's go to the running back position. We'll start with my number three waiver wire ad of the week, and that's going to be Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions. I like what Detroit did with both of their running backs. They had DeAndre Swift as the main ball toter in this offense, and DeAndre Swift looked really, really good uh, against the against the Eagles, 144 yards on the ground and then 31 yards in the air but the main number that i definitely want to try and, and and talk about a bit is the split between deandre swift and between jamal williams so deandre swift got 18 touches in the game whereas jamal williams got 12. it's sort of sort of kind of like a javante williams melvin gordon situation that what they have in Denver right now. It's kind of in the same sort of ballpark where 14-team leagues, you know, 12-14-team leagues where you're in a a sticky uh, waiver wire situation or you have a lineup problem, Jamal Williams could be a nice little fill-in. Nice little fill-in for sure. My number two waiver wire ad of the week, Jalen Warren of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is all, of course very, very contingent on the availability of Najee Harris. Um, There are reports out there that Najee Harris is going to play against the Patriots, which is really good news for anybody that has him. So if Najee Harris is going to play, then maybe Jalen Warren is not the best waiver wire ad. I would be going out then and trying to target uh, a Khalil Herbert if Brian Robinson is available in your leagues, pick him up, stash him, that could be an option. But Jalen Warren, under the under the presumption that Donji Harris is not playing, that is the one that I would go for as my number two option. Then my number one option, Jeff Wilson Jr. This is the one for the running backs this week with Elijah Mitchell out two months with an MCL injury. Jeff Wilson has got to be the number one waiver wire ad of the week. Even Tyron Davis Price, I think he could be a nice little pickup in case he's the guy that they go for, but I think it's very telling. That after Elijah Mitchell went out, that Kyle Shanahan called on Jeff Wilson to be the running back for San Francisco. And I think conditions are going to be better for San Francisco this week. That the game against Chicago, like we talked about on the review show, was just a nightmare. It was just nothing really that you can really get a good gauge on from a fantasy perspective given the the weather conditions. Um, It's going to be much nicer in San Francisco this week. So definitely I'm I'm gonna be a bit more comfortable rolling out the the 49ers this week uh, against Seattle at home in, in a game where I think really the 49ers gonna to have to show their muscle uh, a little bit especially after getting uh, for lack of a better phrase embarrassed by by Chicago uh, some other waiver wire ads this week I'm definitely looking to go and target Rashad White I think that they wanted to use him and he's a an elite elite insurance policy for Leonard fournette. So definitely go pick him up if he's available in your leagues. Even if you even if you don't have Leonard Fournette, go pick him up. It's worth it. Kenny Gainwell, I think he's worth a nice little uh, pickup as well. And then Khalil Herbert uh, is is probably the best of the rest for me as to who I would be going and trying to pick up this week. And 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 even even Rex Burkhead, even Rex Burkhead, I I, I, I like a lot, uh, given the situation with Damian Pierce. But it's a speculative ad with with Rex Burkhead. Um, the, the one, the other one that I think a lot of people are definitely going to be slamming the desk and asking for is uh, Dontrell Hilliard. I want to see it. If I'm, if I'm really being honest, I think it's, it's, it is a bit fluky. Um, the two touchdowns that he had against against the Giants, only five touches in the game, and two of them are touchdowns. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying into that. Maybe if you're Derrick Henry manager and you're wanting to know what the insurance policy is, then maybe Dontrell Hilliard is worth, is worth a speculative ad. But outside of that, I am not going to be going gun ho for Dontrell Hilliard. I, again, I just think it screams just very, very, very fluky, if I'm being honest. For the receivers, a pretty healthy week, if I'm being honest, to to stream some receivers and, and make waiver claims for for the receivers. So we'll start – with my number three waiver wire out of the week That's Jahan Dotson of the Washington Commanders. You gotta like what you see. You gotta like that he he really had two really nice touchdown cat uh, catches. The only problem is it was on it was on three receptions. So two of his three being touchdowns. Might come across as a little bit fluky, but has a good matchup this week versus the Lions. Um that could be one that I think if you if you are down Keenan Allen or you could be down Chris Godwin, Jahan Dotson could be your your, your go-to plug and play option for this week. And I, I don't know if I'm going to have John Dotson as a top 36 receiver. I don't think I am. Um, but will he probably sneak in, inside my top 40? Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he might, he might Josh Palmer, my number two option. Speaking of losing Keenan Allen, here you go. You just uh, step, put him in with your, uh, with his natural replacement. Now, is he the natural replacement? I don't really know. I'm going to assume that it is. Um, there also is DeAndre Carter, who did catch a touchdown from Justin Herbert in the win versus the Raiders, but I do think Josh Palmer is is probably the guy uh, that they go with, so I I, I would assume Josh Palmer is going to be the the natural like-for-like like swap for, for Keenan Allen. Um, thinks that he could potentially give it a go this week versus the Chiefs, but obviously with a Thursday night game, I highly doubt that he was just going to go for a quick turnaround to, to do that. Um, keep an eye out, though for week three for a potential Keenan Allen return at home versus Jacksonville. If not then, then it turns to week four at Houston. And the number one waiver wire ad of the week, I teased it at the top when we were talking about Jameis Winston, another one of his um, his wide receivers in New Orleans. That's Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry looked fantastic for the New Orleans Saints. Seven catches, 40 yards, and he was a favorite target for for Jameis Winston. I'm really intrigued by Jarvis Landry, especially in PPR. Non-PPR, I'm not as enthused, but in PPR I'm enthused because if we look at the best and even the worst seasons for Jarvis Landry, where he has played, his floor has really been as a wide receiver three. He's not been much worse than that. So if you could if you're able to get a wide receiver three and plug him in as a as a start i don't mind it and in a matchup which could call for a lot of passing versus tampa yeah I'm, I'm a fan i'm a really 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 big fan of going out and trying to pick up jarvis landry um wherever you can some other options i know adam is gonna be banging the desk so sorry adam but curtis samuel yeah he, he has to be an, an intriguing option uh, for fantasy managers. 12 touches in the game, finished as a wide receiver 2 on the week, and also scored, and he's got a nice matchup. He's got a really nice matchup versus Detroit, but we've seen this before. We've seen this before, so be very, very cautious with how you're going to be going and spending your fab on Curtis Samuel. For me, he is not on my radar at all. Someone that is on my radar, Garrett Wilson. It's not the stat line that really impresses me. Only 4 for 52. The usage, eight targets, good. But it's also the way that he looked. He just passed the eye test for me. I know that I wasn't the biggest Garrett Wilson fan, but he passed the eye test on a lot of levels. And he is going to Cleveland. It's going to be another tough matchup. I expect Cleveland to put up a lot of points on the Jets. A lot of points, relatively, because it is Jacoby Brissett. So, take that with a grain of salt. But... I do expect Garrett Wilson to be more involved as we go further and further along, and as long as Joe Flacco is the quarterback, I I do like the prospects of Garrett Wilson. It's going to be you know a, a bit of a restart, you know, and just seeing where we're at with Garrett Wilson um, when Zach Wilson does come back. So hopefully you know we'll have an idea of where Garrett Wilson is, but he's a speculative ad for now. And fourteen team leagues, he probably could be a, as a wide receiver three level start. Um, in 14-team leagues, of course. Um, in my ranks, I don't think I have Garrett Wilson as a top 50 option. I don't for for this week. Uh, Romeo Dubs, I like him. I like him a lot going up against Chicago. I thought uh, Aaron Rodgers started to really look his way in that second half versus uh, the Minnesota Vikings, so uh, get, definitely go pick up Romeo Dubs for, for sure. Uh, Robbie Anderson scored against the uh, Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Who would have thought that I would have ever said that Robbie Anderson will be catching a touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield, given their uh, given their history, and he had eight targets as well. He had eight targets in the game, so uh, Robbie Anderson we could be a little bit interesting um, for for fantasy managers. I don't have him as a top fifty play yet, but I think I, I think that's going to to change for me. Uh, and Miko Hardman, that's the other one that I think is going to be a really nice uh, little add. Was touchdown reliant, but in an offense that's run by Patrick Mahomes, but the way that Patrick Mahomes looked, if he's available in your leagues, go and pick up Nicole Hardman where you can. The tight ends. Let's go and start with my number three tight end of the week. That is Hayden Hurst. Going up against Dallas, there should be plenty of points posted by Cincinnati. I do like it for Hayden Hurst this week. I think Joe Burrow is going to come out of the gates and they're going to be firing on all cylinders. I love Cincinnati this week to absolutely destroy Dallas um, at home. Number two, Robert Tunyon, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers did look his way uh, a a fair amount, had three catches for 36 yards on five targets. I think he's going to have to get Tunyon more involved because he's one of the the familiar options for Aaron Rodgers, and we've seen Robert Tunyon be good in the past so if if he if you have a tight end hole in your roster it needs to be filled i do like Tunyon given the situation in green bay he's catching passes from aaron Rodgers, so how could he possibly uh be bad and then my number one tight end option of the week it is gerald everett of the los angeles chargers of course this is another option to fill the hole left by keenan allen finishes the tight end for this week three for 54 and a touchdown versus the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm loving Gerald Everett this week, but he needs to score. He needs to score, uh, plain and simple. In my tight end ranks, I have Gerald Everett right now as my tight end 15 this week versus the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday. So if you make that claim, make sure you put him in your lineups uh, very, very quickly. Uh, Kylan Granson, this is, this is another interesting little option for fantasy managers. Did not have the best game, 3-for-22, but had seven targets. He was someone that Matt Ryan did look at a significant amount. So I'm not saying go and add him right away, but could he be someone that you go and look at and maybe monitor? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for for Kylan Granson. It was the second most targeted man on the field for the Colts on Sunday, by the way. Um, in their tie against the Houston Texans. I can't believe I just uttered that sentence. Uh, Noah Fant for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it, again, I think it's boring. I think it's I think it's boring. Caught three passes. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, again, we're going to see more of, of Noah Fant, I'm sure, especially when Seattle goes down in games. The one fluky one of the week, O.J. Howard. Two catches, two targets, two touchdowns. It's not a double Hill stat line, but uh did have 38 receiving yards. But fluky. Fluky, 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 fluky. Don't go pick up OJ Howard. Do not go spend an exorbitant amount on OJ Howard. Be mindful. Be cautious about how you do it. But he's not someone that I'm willing to go uh going to go crazy for uh this week. As for the defenses, and I know that this was a a, a subject that a lot of people wanted me to include in the waiver show this year. To talk about some streaming options for the week, we're going to go ahead and do it. So uh, my number three stream of the week, and of course we're keeping this defenses that are under 50% had in fantasy leagues. But my number three defense of the week, I'm actually going to go for the New York Giants uh, against Carolina. And I know that they're going up against Christian McCaffrey. I'm I'm, I'm aware. But the Giants were able to do some pretty good things on on defense there were a lot of penalties let's let's not get that confused but i do like the giants if you're in a bit of a bind as a potential plug and play stream this week versus versus carolina at home as well home opener and i would like it even more if the giants are going to have cave thibodeau their first round pick one of their first round picks um back and healthy this week um so keep an eye out for the giants that they're one percent rostered so they are universally available so that is not going to be one I don't think you're going to have a lot of competition for. So that could be an interesting, interesting stream if you were to go in that direction. My number two ad, these are the two that I think are the the, the top two streams of the week. Washington going to Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, the Commanders looked, they looked decent uh, against uh, Jacksonville. Had a pick, had two sacks. The Lions put up a lot of points but I still think Washington has enough talent on the back end where they're going to be okay. Again, this is not a defense that I'm willing to go and just drop a bank on, but is it is this a defense that I'm monitoring? Yes. And then my number one defense for the week, this is actually a team that I drafted in a lot of spots just because of the first four weeks. They're a very streamable defense, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, four sacks against Carolina had a pick in the game as well. Then they got the Jets this week, Pittsburgh next week, both at home, and they go to Atlanta. Those are four matchups where you could realistically definitely stream the Cleveland Browns defense. And as long as they have Miles Garrett there, Javion Clowney as well, there's a lot of potential for sacks. So those points all are going to add up, and I'm liking the Cleveland Browns as a really, really decent, decent stream this week. I have the Browns as my number two defense this week as well, so uh, go ahead and, and... get Cleveland on your roster and start them with supreme, supreme confidence. Having a look at the quarterback streams this week, we mentioned Matt Ryan, so I won't be going in that direction. But one more quarterback stream this week that I do want to talk about is Justin Fields against the Green Bay Packers. Only 13.6 fantasy points against the 49ers, but I'm going to give him a free slide on that just because of how bad uh, the rain was. But Had two touchdown passes in the game. The rushing upside, he had 28 yards on 11 attempts on the game. And you also have to look at the the situation that Justin Fields found himself in. He had 121 passing yards and two touchdowns in a monsoon. Also, with his top two targets, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, combining for one reception and eight receiving yards. Now you fast forward and you look at what he's up against. Green Bay. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson absolutely ripped apart this that Green Bay pass defense last weekend. Kirk Cousins had a 71.9% completion percentage or he completed 71.9% of his passes against the Packers and Justin Jefferson just had a monster 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 day versus Green Bay. So, I'm liking Justin Fields as a as a nice little stream this week. He is rostered in Forty-six point eight percent of ESPN leagues more owned in, in Yahoo, surprisingly, um, but that is that is uh, another streaming option that I would go with this week um, if you are light at the position. As for the tight ends, a bit more interesting of a tight end stream stream market this week. We mentioned Kylan Granson. that's one that I would be going. I would be going with uh, Jawan Johnson versus the Bucks. This is number one offense, uh, number one tight end. Excuse me, in the uh, New Orleans Saints offense, Jawan Johnson played seventy four percent of the Saints' offensive snaps this week. Jawan Johnson, he saw five targets, he hold in two of them, forty three yards, got some red zone looks. This is one to monitor. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if this is one that I'm going to be looking to start, but if you are in a bind, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just allowed seven catches for sixty two yards to Dalton Schultz. This could be an avenue that you try and explore for sure if you were in a bit of a bind. But the number number one that I'm definitely going to be looking at is Logan Thomas against the Detroit Lions. Played miraculously in week one. Suffered the torn ACL in December. And he looked good. He looked good. He was active in the passing game. He was targeted six times by Carson Wentz. Had a 27-yard catch, which ended up being his uh, best play of the day uh, during the, the uh, Commander's fourth-quarter comeback. It looks like he has a nice relationship with Carson Wentz already, and we know one thing we know about Carson Wentz is that he wants to throw to the tight end. So, Logan Thomas, a very, very nice tight end stream for this week. And with that, thank you very much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Adam and I are going to be back on Thursday with the preview show for week two. We will also be previewing Thursday Night Football. And then Jake and I, of course, will be back Saturday with the mailbag. So send in your questions for the Saturday mailbag. We will be recording that on either Thursday or Friday. So send in your questions as quickly as you can. The mailbag is already filling up. So thank you very much for that. Keep sending them in and we will answer as many questions as we can possibly get to. So. I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.